from worlds beyond to write at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. Welcome all to all my fantasy children. My name is Aaron Catano Sayers. And my name is Jeff Stormer. And this is all my fantasy children. It's a character creation, world building, and storytelling podcast where each week, Jeff and I take your brilliant listener-submitted prompts, their short little phrases, ideas, little blurbs, and we take that and improvisationally on the fly, whip it into an original fantasy character, world detail, what have you, to help develop and populate an original fantasy world we have called fantasy. It's great. It's a good show. I like it a lot. It's the a show great slaps. Pitch. It's a good show, and I'm I'm happy to be back. We're actually making an episode in a timely manner. I know. We like just released an episode. Now we're sitting down for the next one. This feels weird. I am I couldn't be more excited. I can't wait to edit this. Now that I edit things where uh we sound like Alvin and the Chipmunks, and it's very brutal because I do it at 1.75 speed. And so everything is like, well, Jeff, what do you think? Well, it's great to hear you say that. I'm really excited about this episode. I think it's going to be a really fun game, and I'm really excited to see what we come up with today. We got a game uh, lined up. We got some questions lined up. We got some Patreon backers to thank. I think it's going to be a really fun recording. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, first and foremost, um, what is getting you excited this week? What is getting me excited this week? That is a great question. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, let me think about this for a second. <laughs> that sigh. Uh, I got a good. I got a good energy. It's been a really busy week. It's been um, a hectic work week, but like I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. It is. Uh, you know what it is. It is formally the weekend, and um, it is, isn't it? <laughs> uh, my 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 second favorite holiday is right around the corner. Labor Day. My birthday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you said holiday. My brain was like, oh, oh, "It's a we're in that weird summer period, though, Jeff." <laughs> yes, your birthday is approaching. Is is coming up? I I love I love celebrating birthdays. I love my birthday. I I'm I just I got good summer energy. Like yep. we're we've been I've been I've been going outside. It hasn't been unbearingly yeah. hot in the last week or week or two. It's uh, it's true. Just you know, feeling uh, relaxed and. You know, I've been playing a lot of a game. I've been playing a lot of uh, a lot of multiplayer Tetris recently, Ooh. which I think I also talked about on an, I talked about on the anniversary well, episode. You said you've been playing Tetris, not multiplayer though. I've been playing one v one, first to three competitive Tetris recently. Jesus Christ, Overwatch uh, Tetris. I've been doing so. I've been doing ranked. Ranked 1v1 first of three competitive Tetris recently. That is kind of fucking incredible, actually. Um, I'm winning. I'm currently winning, I believe, 49.7% of my matches. So almost half of my matches I'm winning. That's good. You have like a 500 batting average. I feel pretty good about it. Like I'm enjoying it a lot. I'm trying to get back. I was at like 60% for a while. Yeah. And then I dropped down to like 45 and now I'm like inching towards 50 and I'm just like, I'm trying. I'm well, trying my best. I mean, Robert Frost said even the best fall down sometimes. That's true. He did. He did. <laughs> you, he said you and I collide on uh, the path not followed, taken. <laughs> and I believe it was, uh, I believe it was T.S. Eliot who said, uh, even when your hope is gone, you should move along. It's true. He did. God, it's just like... Never mind. <laughs> um, uh, 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 I've had my my birthday just came. So let me tell you, as someone who's a little wiser, I'm a week wiser tell me, now. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell like. me what it looks like on the other side of thirty uh, five. Yeah, thirty six. Being thirty six, it's different because I turned thirty six while fucking catering. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, listener. Uh, so sometimes I work at a very upscale catering company. It is not party down. So when people are like, "That sucks," you got to cater, man. I'm like, I'm not serving chicken focaccia at a fucking uh, <laughs> what do you call it? Like 
against uh, <laughs> tin containers. Like, you know, no. So I'm at like some billionaire's house as their his son gets married. With they shipped our entire catering company to basically Martha's Vineyard. Oh, from man. New, yeah. So I'm at like some manor. It's ridiculous. And that's where I turned uh, 36. But like, you know, we got per diem. We stayed in a hotel. It had summer. I, had, I was with Kian. I had like summer, uh, summer camp vibes. But got to tell you, it was a really weird birthday. <laughs> that's, that's a weird one. I'm not going to lie to you. The best part of it was um, the jokingly, the staff found it to be just as ridiculous as me. So everyone would be like, oh, by the way, Aaron, happy birthday. Like every three seconds just to fuck with me because it was like 100 <laughs> degrees and we're serving like ultra wealthy shitheads. And then someone, a guest at the wedding found out. He goes, it's your birthday, bro. That's rough, bro. And I was like, oh, fuck. That's rough, bro. <laughs> and so for the rest of the time, I just kept going, wow, this is 36, huh? <laughs> oh, fuck me. Wow. Fuck. It's rough, bro. I swear I'm a voice actor, bro. I swear. But I have to tell you, it's great. I feel wise. I feel I feel energetic. I feel incredible. Um, yeah. It's great. I can't wait for you to join me in the hell known as 36. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Uh, tomorrow I go to a convention for the first time since last October. That's wild. I'm going to, um, FlameCon in Time Fucking Square, I think it is, or New York, I whatever. Think it's like New York, yeah. I'm excited. I'm going to be on a panel, which I have no business being on, but Super Dylan invited me, so I said yes! Um, <laughs> no, I, it's called Demystifying Tabletop RPGs. It's really like Gabe, Viditya, and uh, Dylan. And I'm like, I think I'm once again the control in this experiment of like, sometimes how to demystify making tabletop RPGs is to not do it. Or like, or like, That's a fair I, point. you know, or the fact that I've written like a couple things and I didn't have to be, because I think a new thing, I don't know if you're seeing, I don't know if you're seeing this, have you seen this, have you heard about this? But when people talk about writing tabletop RPGs, it becomes something like very unapproachable where unless you're basically making Candela Obscura, you mm-hmm. know, what you're making is shit and, like, unimportant. No, for sure, I've been 100%. seeing, like, people get sad, and it's, like, because recently I had someone tell me, like, um, that I personally, like, comment on Critical Role a lot, like, as because they're full-time people, and I'm like, no, what I want people to understand is that, like, don't compare yourself to people who have like a full time creative career and, oh, 100%. and staff because that that's been very much the sentiment like oh god i got to think of a really good i put in parentheses like blades in the dark hack because it's really fr- i'm like no just fucking make something jeez i feel just so bad make art that make art that speaks to you yeah. and and what drive makes you passionate about the world like that's what we've only got so many seconds on this goddamn planet make a thing that you make a thing that like uh, this is an early verbal hug well, coming yeah. to, uh, coming early in the episode but like I beg of you to make art that you want to make for if for no other reason than because you should make that art. Like I, I beg that of you. Yeah. Anywho, um, speaking of incredible games and stuff, we're doing something like that today. Let's do it. We, uh, Aaron, we got a prompt this week. Oh yes, we fucking do. Prompt this week comes from our Discord channel from Merle, local friend and crab. Prompt: Tall geese. Tall it's great prompt. Geese. Incredible prompt. Obviously, it is a reference to maybe to the tall geese, the famous uh, uh, Gundam from Gundam Wing from Mr. Zex. Um, but this is tall geese. Tall geese. They're they're geese and they're tall. They're big as shit. So we've got a game. I've got a game in front of us. It's a game we played before on the show. It's a game we'll play again on the show. It's a game that I love dearly. It's a game by friend of the show, Caro Assertion. This is Exquisite Biome. We're going to draw some cards and we're going to figure out what the hell a tall geese is. I am so excited. How do we start, Jeff? I'm going to draw a couple cards in front of us and we're going to uh, map those out to figure out like what the environment of this animal is, um, where it where it's found. Uh, We've got one card that I'm drawing here, an environmental focus. This is the two of clubs. This is found in the tundra or a wasteland, and Hmm. it is cool and dry. Okay. So the region that the tall geese is found in is a tundra. 
is like an icy, it's cool, it's dry, it's icy. I like the, the frozen tundra idea. Um, yeah. We established that in 2016, that there is a like frozen part of fantasy. Is this, well, you named it, I think, Glacia. I think Glacia. I like that. I'm, 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 I'm all in on coming back to Glacia. I'm I think down. The tall geese of Glacia is a cool okay. detail. Okay, that's a very good detail. Um, uh, I'll let the cards talk. Is there, is there anything else we have to do? Or is that it? That's it right now. We've got an idea. We've got, we've got a picture of these big ice fields. Um, what's our environmental detail? It is the seven of diamonds, uh, where we are going to, to spot this thing is, um, out in the, is it is midday. There are strong winds. I want to say. I'm thinking this through. I'm imagining this. This is a specific valley, maybe, Mm -hmm. in the region of Glacia, which is because it's a valley. I'm imagining like there are winds. It said the the card prompt is strong winds. So like I'm visualizing like a narrow valley pass where wind just like whips through it because it gets caught in this sort of wind tunnel almost. So like two mountains on the side. uh, Yeah. How how narrow? Like. Uh, like uh, fantasy, meaning our fantasy narrow, which would be like a mile long, or is it actually quite narrow? I'm picturing pretty actually narrow and a lot of like winding, almost like it was like this was a river that cut through these like glacial glacial mountains at one point, and Very now there are Canyon. these sort of winding tributary vein like tunnels that run through this valley i really like this i'm getting frozen grand canyon from this frozen grand canyon is kind of the vibe that's coming into my head okay and you said there's strong what was the detail again the detail here is that it's midday there are strong winds so the wind whips through these 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 veiny valley tunnels Mm, and like when you say whips I'm thinking if you were not, if you weren't wearing Link's iron boots from Ocarina of Time, like you might get swept away. Oh, for sure. Like but, it is a, it is dangerous. And like you're on a cliff side. So like it is, it is dangerous to be up here. I'm picturing almost like, um, like, uh, like, like kind of like the Scott, like, and like the, the, the Mount, like the cliffs in Scotland where you yes. stand and the wind just like hits you. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the vibe. That's kind of the the aesthetic of this valley, right? Like yeah. wind is whipping at your hair and tearing at your your protective clothing. It's fucking dangerous. It gives me the it gives me honestly the Zelda vibe of uh when you get to a new region and it's like and if you don't have this piece of gear, like in uh, uh Breath of the Wild, it'll be like it's too fucking cold here. Get bulkier gear or die. Mm-hmm. Like that's the vibe I'm getting from this place so far. And it gives me a thought of, is it by design? Like, are the geese, just a thought, not to be developed yet, but like, are the geese here because they don't want to be found? Are they hidden away kind of thing? Mm, Maybe. mm -hmm. Just a maybe thought. I'm liking this. I'm liking this. All right. So what we're going to do now is I've got a spread of three cards in front of us. Okay. I'm going to flip each card. Each card is going to tell us multiple pieces of information. The first card is going to tell us a general description of the creature. The second card is going to tell us a distinctive feature. Uh, And the third card is going to tell us pieces of its habit and personality. We're going to pull information from the suit. We're going to pull information from the number. Sick. I've got our first card. This is a this is a general description of the thing. It is the Jack of Diamonds. Jack is a generalist omnivore, which means it eats just about everything. A goose that eats just about everything. A goose that eats just about everything. And it is uh, diamonds are birds or fish. So we can stick with the visual of a goose if we'd like, or we can pull it a different direction. No, 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 no. I'm all about the goose. Give me the goose. All right. So this is a goose. It is a it is specifically a tall goose and it eats anything. I have an immediate pitch. Okay, hit me. Unless unless you want to pull see the other cards and then start to pull things together from there. What do you want to do? What do the other ones tell you? A distinctive feature and something about its habits and personality with some questions that come from that. Let's hear the habits and personality and then I mean okay. no matter what I do want to hear what you think, but I do want to hear that too in case it informs the idea okay. that it fucking eats anything. 
folkloric. There is a well-known myth or fable about this animal. How is it characterized in the story? Okay, so none of you can come for me anymore about everything I create becomes a god or a myth because sometimes it's just in the cards on this sometimes show. This, these, cards, these cards know that they're on all my fantasy children and they're, they're like, fuck it, fuck it, Aaron. You know what you're gonna, you know what you're gonna say. Eat shit. You're gonna say, you're gonna say, what if it's a cosmic and then the tape cuts because, yeah. Anyway. Aaron, what if there's a secret society of these geese that continue with what you were going to say oh, now that wait. my shit post joke is done? <laughs> there are some times when I go, does Jeff want to do this? Is, <laughs> am, I, am I supposed to feed this beast or am I supposed <laughs> to just ignore it? <laughs> you know, Jen says Jen says the same thing. What if the goose is a clown? You're like, I want to be a good scene partner and say yes, but as the person who has to listen to this again tomorrow, I'm almost like, I don't know, coach. Yeah, I appreciate this. But, okay. I appreciate this no, no, a no. lot. I did, let's put. I want to put that back in. Uh, that is gonna put have a pin in it though, because okay. obviously. <laughs> Okay, no, no, no. I'll, we're putting. We're gonna circle back to the secret society. Okay, just know that I don't have anything beyond the shit. <laughs> okay, I, I, I might, but I want to know what was your thought about it being carnivorous, though? Was it the secret fucking society? <laughs> no, my thought, like especially if it's folkloric, and actually this kind of ties these things together in a nice way. What if these geese hide out? Okay, there's more There's more to pull on here with the habits and personality that I'll talk about in a minute, but I'm thinking this through. What if these geese are, what if they rely on the wind to, like, catch things? Like, they catch, you know, like, the idea of, like, catching a fish out of the air, like yeah. a bird catches the fish out of, what if these geese catch what the fuck ever? So, this is very similar already to the, the idea we had from the Gem River. The birds that, that catch things on the wind. I forgot that we brought that exact thing up. Well, yeah, it's okay. It's okay because what I'm thinking is, now go with me on this. No, I don't know. I might, <laughs> might want to pivot because I was like the progenitor to all birds, and I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> okay, well, hold on, because now I'm thinking about it, taking it in a different direction. I'm like, here, bird you gods? say that. <laughs> Like, well, I'm thinking about you thinking about birds, little AMFC bird lore. I get to do it lore drop because I remember a thing which doesn't always happen. Yeah. Birds are like a magical sign of danger. If you see birds flying away from something, it means there is danger approaching. They yeah. Act, you know, there is a a magic to what to bird watching, particularly because you are studying signs of nature. Yeah. They're like they have magic warding properties like they are. It's almost like they can sense evil, you know, and, and something I'm thinking about. I like the idea that they they just that, that these I'm going to stick with the idea that these geese kind of just eat stuff that washes up on the wind out of the water. They're they're an omnivorous animal. They just kind of eat. But more specifically, I want to take the idea that they take things and that they they build these sorts of net like they catch things on the wind, but not to eat them, but sort of in a sense of. Like they build nests and dams out of it. And there is sort of a full what if there is a folkloric myth that a tall a tall goose will return something to you. Mm, okay. How do you feel about that? Like something that's lost that is now found? Yeah, like there's like a folkloric quality that a tall goose will return something that has been lost to you. Can I take a twist on that? You may. Is it that the if if you lose something, it's because the tall goose took it? Oh, see, I like that. That's good. <laughs> and then like it because I well, I love a good I love a good animal that uses tools. Yeah. Like a good a good animal that like a a, a beaver dam or like yeah. a, like a, a chimp using sticks as a tool. Like if this is a bird that builds a nest or dwellings or I'm going to finish my statement and then say what just popped into my head. I have one, too, and I'm excited for it. Gimme, gimme, gimme. If this is a bird that catches things and uses them in, like, constructing things and builds nests and stuff, that's very cool. And there's going to be natural lore that's like, well, I guess the tall geese took it. Yeah. Now, can I tell you what just popped into my head? Please. What if it builds traps? How so? Like, what kind of traps? Like, for people? It's omnivorous. It's for whatever, whatever, like... What if this is a bird that catches prey 
by building traps that like some of the stuff that it grabs stuff from the wind and uses it to like build traps to catch prey specifically. It's not catching. It's not just catching food off of the wind. It's building like snare traps and things that if something gets like caught on the wind or like running down the water, it gets snared. So something that you're saying over and over is trapped on the wind. Jeff, it doesn't take things from the air to build the traps. It controls the wind and the wind is the snare. That's why the winds are so strong. They are pulling things into this canyon from across like maybe the world. That's the myth, I think, is that the goose can pull things and people from across anywhere in the world. It's basically like you would think that they are manipulating the wind. Yes, but I don't know if it's folklore or not that at the end of like, say I get caught up in a big wind like Mary Poppins. Right. At the end, I just end up in a goose's mouth because it sucks me across the world to this hellish canyon and glacier. And then at the other end. But I basically say that the canon thing is that the goose, you geese, these tall geese use the wind. They use the they manipulate wind currents and wind mm. in order to ensnare you like Imagine if you're just standing there and you suddenly start floating and a little tornado swirls around you and you're just sucked away. That's sick. That's so sick. They they don't they build, but it's kind of a structure you cannot see because it's made of air currents and wind. Uh that's unbelievably sick. <laughs> and the idea that like they are pulling the wind and commanding it with this sort of this sort of magic is fascinating and like ties into that folkloric idea of like, well yeah, you like it's it's Folklore being common lessons that take the shape of magic. Yes. What if the lesson here is you and there is nothing that can't be lost on the wind? Oh, yes. And like that's the meaning of like, well, I guess the tall geese took it is just like circumstance has taken something away. It's something beyond you, larger than you has. It was it's almost like saying it wasn't meant to be. Meaning like if you lost something or like a person walks out of your life, it's like, you know, the tall geese, <laughs> the tall geese took them. Is that kind of thing? Yeah. It's like if I, if, if, if you, a musician, like they're like a string breaks, right? Like if a, if a musician string break, it's like, well, I guess the, the tall geese took, if you just like lose something and you cannot find it, it's like, well, I guess it's lost on the wind. If like, if you are particularly heartbroken that you did not get like a job offer or, you know, circumstantial stuff, right? Stuff you can't control. It's like, well, you know, tall geese took that. It's not. That's, oh, OK. That's the nature of that's the nature of living in a world where there are forces larger than us. Can I give you a huge, cool twist on this? Yes. So omnivorous doesn't mean consuming as if they'll devour a human being. Mm-hmm. It's the way they've described that, like, if you fall out of love with someone, that love was perhaps carried on the, like, taken. Mm-hmm. It's how you justify, like, everyday occurrences, like, changes in the wind, weather, everything is, like, mm-hmm. tall geese. Like, you know, it's it's these birds. You know what I mean? Where it's yeah. like, I'm a songwriter. I lost the jingle that came to me in my sleep. Ah, oh, damn it. This damn tall geese guess got the tall me. Geese, they got the tall me. geese got it. Ah, and like... And so it's this idea, like, to tie it back to the beaver dam idea that you had, people believe that the end of this canyon is basically like a pot of gold at the end of a rainbow Mm -hmm. of, like, lost love and treasures and people and things. And and in reality, I would like to say that they are just big fucking birds that do control the gales. Oh, for sure. Because I do want to say that in real life, this is a massive pitch. They are what make the wind in fantasy. That's sick. Like they are, and I don't want to say they are cosmic gods, but they are naturally occurring, very tall, huge animals that control the gales in order to accomplish tasks, goals, and obtain food. However, because of their grand scale, they do affect smaller life forms on a larger scale, meaning they might be interpreted as gods. But... (laughs) That the fact that they create winds and they are because I'm thinking birds too, like fantasy birds, meaning like it can be seen. Okay, because birds are wards of evil and bad in fantasy is the wind that they control, the gales in general. You know how we say you lose things. Is it also like, you know, someone came into my life and I fell in love with them when I was at my lowest. 
thank you, tall geese, for sending this person on the wind, sending this love. It's a life philosophy, right? Like yeah. things come and things go. Like mm-hmm. now I want to build off what you're saying because I really want to get into this social grouping question, okay. which is pulled off of the suit of this card. This is the seven of clubs, which means this species lives in groups of a dozen or more. Ooh. What is the social hierarchy and how is status measured and judged? What I want to propose, Aaron. <laughs> Go on. Is that there is a secret society. Okay. No, no. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> See, listener, that's what's being a good podcast partner. You just go, oh, okay. Okay, sure. <laughs> sure, go on. Because I'm thinking about something very literal here. If this is, if this species is a group of a dozen or more giant geese that fly, that, 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 that control the wind, part of controlling the, like, the wind, the air, in a very literal sense, controls the season. Yep. Yep, yep. What yep. if these birds are migratory? And what if each bird, like, what if they, they migrate and when they migrate, like, a different bird, like, takes the lead to oh guide them to a different place? Oh, God. In the V, Jeff. In the, v, the top so, of like, the V. Like the bird that is the bird <sighs> that is the, uh, the bird that is the lead of the V, like, touches down in a place and, like, that like that is how they determine the 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 head of the flock at uh-huh. this location and that sets the tone for the season. And also it could be quite literally where when they touch down, it's like boom, that season ignite. Like that's when it starts. It, it, they, they, these birds bring with them the coming of a season. Oh my, like, you okay. know what I mean? Like when Fuck. you see the birds over <laughs> like and what I think is cool about it, what I think I want to throw in for ad, like, because fantasy is a place full of big, weird things yep, that uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that happen in all kinds of wild directions. This isn't a yearly thing. No, I was going to say it fits into our uh, maps are random and the world is never the same narrative, too, from the breath of the world's breath episode yeah. where the birds are just going to do what they want. You can't, like, track when winter's coming then or, like, spring begins. It's just when the birds feel like it. Cause I and I like the idea that like if the birds weren't here, you could. Mm-hmm. Like it's the idea that like there is a rhythm to the universe. Yeah, there is an astral bodies that dictate like weather. But there's also a group of magical wind controlling birds that could just roll into your town and decide it's summer. Again. And suddenly <laughs> it's the summer. <laughs> I fuck with this because it also would mean like sometimes you have a summer that lasts. You know, you just finish, you know, it's September, mm-hmm. mid-September. That bird goof, touches down and with it, this hot air releases and then the humidity comes out from under its wings and it goes, Hark. and all of a sudden summer is however much longer it wants to stay in your region, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love this a lot. And they're, how big are they? I'm picturing... They're tall. Uh, if, they're tall geese. If they're tall geese. They're big. I don't think they're necessarily like kaiju big. Okay. But I do think they are exceptionally large birds. Yeah. How large? Maybe like car sized. Okay. That's pretty fucking big. Like that's car, a, big a car to bus. Like large enough that you're like, that's a fucking giant bird. A large enough where you see 12 of them flapping their wings in unison and you're like, that could fuck up the wind. Yeah, like they're the size, I will say they are the size of like a small monster truck. They're like, because a, a goose is, their goose are, geese are thick, right? Mm-hmm. But tall in terms of like their neck, I would say they're as high, like the top of its head is as tall as like a monster truck. Which yeah, isn't like, like that, that high, you know, it's like, what, 14 feet high maybe a monster truck is? Mm-hmm. They're pretty fucking big, but they're not, no, like you said, kaiju big, no. Yeah. They're not like hundreds of feet tall. They're just really fucking, if you saw them in the sky, you'd be like, holy shit. Oh my God, it's horrifying. Okay. It's a bird. It, you'd be like, it's a goose. Oh dear God, uh, what season is coming? Oh, what do I need to put in my closet? You, you'd point and say, it's a plane. It's a superhero. No, it's a bird. And then it just goes, um, what are they called? Like, my first thought is from Zelda, the Oracle of Seasons is already taken, even though that's an incredible title. But what do people call them? And then what are they actually called? Uh, well, they're called the Tall Geese. They're called the Tall Geese, yes. Like, people- that's their that's their, their traditional name, because they're a particularly tall goose. I think they are called... Well, that's what they're called in nature? 
I think I like that. I, I like, like it's tall geese and listener. Um, either you think of a naming convention for that, or we will. And I like that they are like colloquially called. Maybe um, what about the seasonals? I like the seasonals. It's very casual. Yeah, I, I like it's just like oh, the seasonals are here. Like because they're not harbingers of doom. No, they're not. They're not sinister. No, they're more like regular geese. And when you see them, you're like, oh god, there's gonna be poop uh, everywhere. Uh, the seasonals are here. Oh, and they're like really noisy, and they'll bite you like real geese. But these are like, oh god, which one are you guys gonna pick? They're more of like. I think they're seen as, well, they're one, like a natural phenomenon that they change your season. It's it's kind of that cool thing that you can do in fantasy where it's like they're not normal. You know what I mean? Like the, to us. But in mm-hmm. fantasy, they're like, oh, yeah, it's just it's a thing that fucking happens. Like birds come. And there are times that the se- when the seasonals and like what I like about it is that like it's not predictable. No, but it's also but it is trackable. You can track people do. I think that's the that's what I was going to get to is your secret society is not so much secret as kind of like weather trackers are yeah. people who uh, track the migratory practices of the tall geese. Yeah. Like if you see these dozen geese fly off, fly out of the, the, the valley in Glacia that they that they tend to reside in most like most regularly. Word is going to spread. And there are people that are like going from town to town being like seasonals are on the move. They're heading south. Uh, maybe get ready. Like maybe uh, har- maybe harvest what you can early it's because like being a the, weather the season might change. Yeah. It's like being a weather person like yep. uh, on, on television because like <laughs> like, you you've described so many times like fantasy newspapers. One of them is someone who's like. Like word, of, their information is incredibly uh, important to the people who track the tall geese, geese goose chasers, mm-hmm. and they 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 pass that information along. It's spread, and it's like you know, watch out if you're in Iron Hill because you might have three more. It's also a mixture of Poxitani Phil, where it's like you might have three more months of winter. You know, it's a little bit of Groundhog Day, a little bit of that kind of vibe, and I'm kind of obsessed with how weather works in fantasy now. It's pretty great. It's pretty fucking fantastic. I can't lie to you. Um, what? Oh, there's a game. We're playing a game. I'm so got, wrapped up in the whimsy of tall geese. We have a second card to play, a distinctive feature, and it's a weird one. Hit me. <laughs> and I kind of have like a, a thing for this. The Ace of Hearts is our second card. And red, red suits, hearts and diamonds, uh, there's a list of questions for this. They have a notably long tail. Is it stiff? Is it flexible? Is it prehensile? Aaron, I have a distinct pitch. Okay. It's going to make these geese a little fucking weird, but I think it's fun. Okay. What if these, what if they have like a long prehensile grabbing tail? (laughs) Because we said that they grab things like, like part of what they do is like they command the wind, like they command, like they carry with them the wind and that causes this seasonal change, but... When they're just hanging out, they're using wind to, like, stir things up, throw things into the air. They then have to catch it. What if their tail just, like, snatches it and then, like, like things that they see as food, their tail, like, reaches up into the air, just, like, grabs it. And then Jay's coming down and, like, kind of, like, and, and I guess ducky or goose eat it. So they're, you're saying that they have a tail that has, like, a hand on it. Like, um, less of a hand and my kind of a little, you know what? A little bit, a little bit of a grabby hand on the back there. You know what it is, Aaron? What is it? Please don't say the kid from my hero academia with the fucking tail. (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) I had to look up what the name of the thing is. And it appears that they are literally called sticky hands. (laughs) Oh yeah. Fucking because you want them to have a sticky hand that's deployable. Yeah, it's, like it's, it's not around all the time because I don't want to think about it being around all the time. <laughs> but I think it's deploy. It's like that you can deploy it in order to obtain something on the wind. I like that. So usually it's tucked underneath their feathers, but then you see it, and everyone has the same <laughs> reaction of oh, <laughs> oh god, that's not a normal. That's what makes them very much not a normal goose. Is their grabby <laughs> hand, the sticky hand that comes out, yeah. whack, and you're like, oh god. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it's, it so much. It, it's it's a it's it's a little spider like and a little spider web like, and it's mm-hmm. that sense of like it is a joke in fantasy in the same way that there's the joke, like particularly around Spider Man that you're like, well, it actually comes out of his ass. It's like, well, <laughs> the gra- the sticky hands on a tall goose actually come from its ass. <laughs> actually, it comes out of its ass, and like they have. I will say that each one 
uh, corresponds, like obviously there's, you said there's 12, so there's 12 mm-hmm. now. They correspond with seasons, but to varying degrees. Like one is a heavy summer. How many seasons are there? There's <laughs> well, winter, and it's like, spring, well, it's fall, summer, winter. Four, four seasons, but like, like there's also a rainy season, right? Like there are also yeah, seasons yeah. that oh. are distinctly, like seasons that are distinctly not, they, they don't map out to the distinct seasons that yes, we have like yes. in the northern, in the northern, uh, western yeah. hemisphere. Yeah, it's you're like, right. Like this is the rainy season. This is the, the, uh, the cold season. season. The dry season. Oh this my is God. this is the fall season where trees die. Like this is there are a variety of seasons that come from there is a magical season. Oh, okay. And I will say that their feathers and designs match these things. They oh, for obviously sure. are That's corresponding. Sick. Like, you know, that's it. Oh, my. I love that we made like every fantasy world's like mythical dragons of different flavors. But ours but are geese. just big fucking geese. Um, what's the next question in game? Uh, the next thing for us to do is to see nature in motion. Um, what we're going to do is I'm going to draw one final card. It is the th- it is a three. Oh, that's really fun. That's a really fun twist. Because we've talked a lot about like how these how these geese hunt. We've talked about like how they migrate. We've talked about their 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 family structures. Now we're going to do a nature documentary style scene. Okay. And we're going to describe that scene. I'm going to ask if you have any thoughts on it. This is a scene of them at rest, leisure or play because I drew a three. I'm going to vote rest. What is that? What does it look like when they are at rest? Um, their neck is obviously bent back, tucked into their feathers. Mm-hmm. Um, but whoever is at the top of the V, they have rest periods. The season that is currently in motion, the, that is currently active, does not rest while the others do. Mm. And their sleep cycle could be the length of, that's when the season ends, is when the other geese start to rise. And when all of the geese are awake, their season, they, they move. That's cool. That's that really work? fun. Yeah. I like I, that. Where like the lead goose lands. Koomph, and that's like the sign to be like, whew, all right, now I'm going to stand watch while you all rest. You carried me to my destination. I mean, this is the goose talking. You carried me to my destination. You flew with me. And now I will stand watch while you all rest because I was the lead. Like the lead stands watch while the others sleep. And then they rotate. First, this is also the goose talking. Yep. Honk. <laughs> Second, I love that. And then the idea that like a goose takes the lead, touches down, watches over the other geese and then goes like and then another geese steps up. And that's the that's the 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 natural flow of another geese taking the lead of the V Mm -hmm. is fucking great. Yeah. And I are they indifferent to people of fantasy? I want to say yes. Like an animal doesn't give a fuck about like, you know, they're not like I give you summer. Like they're like, no, I'm just trying to fucking sleep, dude. I'm just awake. I'm just the one standing guard. And I feel like the 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 act, these these are clearly like, obviously, we're talking very powerful, magical creatures. Them spreading the season, they're, you know, exerting their season is them like literally exerting their will on the world by staying awake. It's yeah. almost like per, it, it creates like an aura around them in a radius of your region that makes them feel comfortable so that they can stay awake and stand watch. Uh, and the other thing that I will say, uh, building off of what you just said, because I think it's great. I think there's a there's a really cool angle here. I don't necessarily want to meet the person that does this or the person that can do this. This is just a this is a an intentionally blank space uh, for us to think about what it could look like. They're animals. They are indifferent to the other things in the world, right? They yeah, are the they plight hunt. of people, you know. But that doesn't mean they can't be convinced. Ooh. Like in the same way that like you can can like in the same way that like (laughs) you can befriend a goose. Like if you are a trained animal care professional, like you can bring a goose into an enclosure and give it a bath and take care of it and like convince it to do something. Right. Like you can be like, hey, we need this goose to settle in this place. We're going to bring it in. We're going to bring it a home. We're going to take care of it. You can do those things. You're talking about manipulating weather patterns, aren't you? Well, I'm saying like if if that was something that like desperately needed to happen, like in a drought, like you 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 basically convince the rain bird to take lead by like, do you put something in your region that maybe it likes like to eat? That's pretty great. That's great. Because like that's <laughs> that's part of that's part of meteorology is oh, like feeding is, a goose. It's, 
And it's it's not even specifically feeding the goose, but it's knowing what the goose likes to be fed. Because the that. idea is that like this isn't something that you do under unless it is under the most dire of circumstances. Well, and it's also something like to avoid the idea of like, you know, people feeding the bird when they shouldn't. I think it comes with like if you a lot of people try, it, it doesn't yeah. fucking come. Like it, it takes a, a certain touch. I mean, it's touch. a goose. It's not a pleasant animal. <laughs> yeah, it, it takes a very specific touch and a certain amount of knowledge and like years of experience to actually make the fucking thing come. And like a weather professional, sometimes you're wrong. Sometimes, sometimes you're it don't just fucking wrong. Work. You know, you might see it. You may call, be able to call it once in your lifetime because, yeah. you know, like it's you can't predict the weather, but you can fucking try if there's a God bird. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty sick. That's sick to me. Now, I will ask you a question. What happens if they're all asleep? What catastrophe does that bring? What catastrophe does it bring if all of the geese sleep? Is it like something throwing the world out of balance? Is weather fucked? You know, is like plant life dies basically because there's no balance in the now, world. We are at 45 minutes. No way. Well, no, we've been recording for that long. We oh. haven't been going for that okay. long. Okay. Well, then here's my proposal here. This is a this is we've specifically said this is an animal. Like this is a this is a magical creature, but it is not a, a foreign element to the ecosystem. No, but in the same way that, like, you know, we shape our own planet. And, we're and so what, I, what I'm what I'm getting at there is, like, that means it could have predators. Oh, my God. Oh, fuck. Let's fucking go. Do what? you want to get to know what the predator of a tall goose is? You bet your mother. Let's speed run the fucking. Because I feel comf I feel very comfortable with where this, the, uh, the tall geese are. Yeah. You know? We created the tall geese. I feel good with this. Yeah. Let's find out what the fuck Kills, eats a tall yeah, goose. Like tr or tries to, pursues or them. Or tries to. You know, I love a good uh, skull and hati yellow bug type myth of like something chasing it forever. Is that what, it might be what causes the migratory patterns. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> um, this is okay. I don't even know. I, this what is, you got this there, is, sailor? Game-wise, here's what's happened. We have three cards. They are in order. The Jack of Diamonds, the Ace of Hearts, and the Seven of Clubs. We now take the Jack of Hearts. That's our first card. That becomes our third card. So we have shifted card one to be card three, and these are still the same three cards we're playing with. Okie doke. Which means that our second, what was our second card, the Ace of Hearts, becomes our first card. Which means that this is now going to tell us the general description of the animal that we're looking at. The predator to a tall goose. Which is a pollinating or plant spreading mammal. Okay. Um, because what we said is like one of the ideas was does fucking with these change plant life? You know, what I is was pursuing say, them? That's kind of where my head is at is if I'm thinking about these birds that control the wind. Maybe this is an equivalent thing that controls plants at such a degree that it can grab a tall goose and 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 attack you like okay. this is a plant thing. This is a plant creature that can can grab a tall goose. Okay, and here's why they want to grab a tall goose. You said they can control plants? Yeah. Or they they create them. They spread them. It's almost mm -hmm. like, you know, if Johnny Appleseed were like an animal, like spread, wherever it goes, like plant life follows. Not that all plant life comes from this, but, you know, I feel like this is a being that like in its wake forests can grow should it will it. If I were uh, the gardener, you know, I'm this bee, this thing. What kind of animal is it? It is a mammal. Okay. It is a mammal. What kind of mammal is a gardener? What's like a good garden uh, pollen spread? Okay. Uh, can I can I give it a big big pitch? Yeah. It's another fucking bird. I think of the reality of birds that eat seeds and how birds that eat seeds uh, will shit them out, to be honest, and it, it spreads the seeds somewhere in the world and like a new one can grow. You know what I mean? A new plant. Mm -hmm. In that way, though, it needs these birds. It wants to manipulate the seasons so that it like... If where I just created a forest, not through shitting, by the way, I'm saying that like in the in the flap of this thing's wings, right? Basically, it needs the bird's wind to carry seeds, to carry spores, to grow fungus. It needs the seasons. If it's if if this certain plant that I'm creating, I'm the bird, uh, needs like a desert. I need to get the dry bird to be here. Do I need to therefore kill the bird that's in the lead? 
You know what I'm talking about? Hmm. Is that too complex? Hmm. I think that might be too complex. Or is this just something that wants to nom nom on some birds? I, 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 I kind of... I was trying to go natural. I was trying to go like the natural way of like, if I need plants, if I can grow plants wherever I go, I need to be able to control and or eliminate the seasons I don't need. But that's a bit much. I, I'm, I'm, I'm picking up on what you're putting down though. And I'm kind of like, I'm twirling it. I'm twirling. This is a phrase that I've been saying a lot recently and I don't know where it came from is that I'm twirling it like a stone in my mind. Okay. I'm twirling it like a stone in my mind and I'm envisioning like, what if here's something. Okay. What if it is, and this is, this is, this is, again, it's not, this is not a, this is, this is nature. This is not a monstrous thing, but it is a noteworthy thing. What if this is this, this creature, this spreader of plants spreads and skipping forward to our next card as well. It has prehensile digits because it's second card is the seven of clubs. So it has prehensile digits, fingers, something like grass. Is this plant with hands, Jeff? <laughs> Aaron, I stopped myself so hard from being like, I think it's just plant with hands. No. Um, <laughs> what if this thing is plant with hands. No. Um, <laughs> I almost peed. <laughs> you caught me so fucking off guard. What if this 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 creature and I'm I've got it's kind of I'm almost picturing like maybe griffin like because you said Ooh. bird but I'm but mammalian bird like it's a griffin it's got hands that dig into the soil and spread seeds. Oh okay, it's like a chimera in like a Final Fantasy setting or like a or a fucking chimera. And what if it spreads specifically a particular kind of plant that is extremely fragile but extremely extraordinarily invasive oh and so baby. the natural cycle the predator the, the the predatory cycle of these two animals is because you said the question of what if all of the geese are asleep and if all of the geese are killed off it's nothing like that. That air simply settles and becomes nothing and it becomes one consistent weather, which would be which if you're if you are a plant that is specifically like susceptible to oh, changes you, in you. the weather. Oh, but is extraordinarily like kudzu level invasive. Yeah. Then that would be the ideal scenario. So this animal, this 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 guardian, this this the the herald of this invasive plant plants these seeds and the birds like descend as it starts to spread these birds descend upon it oh my this animal God. this herald what do we want to I'm, I'm loving the term herald and i'm trying to decide what we want the plant's name to be because i think the name of this thing is the herald of blank okay um uh what kind of plant is it i like a vine i do like a kudzu you know twisting vine that doesn't belong just because that's so real of the north the northeastern united states especially um What's a plant? Uh, oh, we'll call it a spotted lantern leaf. The spotted lantern leaf. The the her so this is the herald of the spotted lantern leaf. Great, or short the herald. The herald. The herald plants the spotted lantern leaf. It spreads like wildfire immediately. And it's bad. And it's it is something that. Why is it invasive? What does it do? to plants in fantasy to ecosystems i think it just eats like it the, just, it the spotted lantern it, it it is a consuming plant you know what i mean it just it rips things to shreds it's like parasitic like yeah. to, in order for it to survive it has to dominate a landscape like just a little nosh isn't enough like it needs to one spotted lantern plant must consume it's like a spotted lantern plant by the way i feel like is kind of unassuming and pretty because it would have to be something that like people wouldn't want to kill if they saw it. So it's this, it kind of looks like a um, hibiscus plant where it's like, it's gorgeous. It is a very beautiful flower, but one flower could like decimate an entire uh, uh, like 10 acres of forest in like a week. If, if the uh, tall geese don't come and what? Rip, rip it out of the air with the wind. Like they rip it out of the ground with the wind. They control the wind. They literally rip these vines out of the ground and then feast on them. They are omnivores. They eat it. And what I did like is when you first pulled the card, it said something like, oops, hold on, let me say that again. I was like, 
punch my entire fucking setup. I feel like we're getting real. You could tell this is a good episode because we're getting very animated, yes. which is leading to a model lot of mic Correct. strikes. So what I am thinking is uh, you said it like spread spores in the first mm -hmm. uh, section of this. What that means is the oracles, yes, they pop it out. They, they eat it. But when they do that, the of course, the herald of the spotted lantern leaf has a contingency plan of creating like this, not creating, but like just naturally creating this plant. It has a lot of pollen that gets released and it's mm -hmm. their job to kind of swirl it up and send it to Glacia where it can die. I like that. That's sick. Glacia and then that's the is the only place that's cold enough to like eliminate, like the pollen won't spread there because it's the soil is underneath of like you know, hundreds and hundreds of feet of ice and snow. Well, so I was actually going to, I can even build that. We can take, we can pull that even further. Go on. Glacia is the place where like this, like this grows naturally in, oh. this grows a set, like this grows differently in Glacia where it's surrounded by ice and it digs into like frigid ground. This grows into like a, like that's those spores grow into like a moss Hmm. that like kind of chunks of that moss get caught up on the wind and then like is a natural dietary food. It grows differently in other parts of the world as it is carried off by the herald. And that is why the, that is when the birds, it is when the herald plants it somewhere that the birds take flight. I love this uh, relationship because let me, let me paint a picture of what I think we're talking about. Yes. I want you to see Glacia. There's this moss on the ground and it's being nibbled on by all sorts of animals and people and stuff. It's like a nutritious, nutritious treat. It's delicious. Spotted lantern leaf is a scrumptious green moss that like you can make into drinks and powder and all sorts of cool stuff. But as the birds migrate and the wind, they in turn carry this so the Spotter and Lantern Herald is flying. Does it fly around spreading the spores or is this a, is it just, okay, did the Griffin just invent this thing and create it and the birds are the reason it spreads or does the Herald like release these spores, these seeds? So this brings us to our final card. <laughs> this is so complicated. I love our creating nature. This brings us to our final card and a very, I, I, I think this is a neat way to tie these two prompts together. Our final card is the Jack of Diamonds. Jack is sexual dimorphism. The species two or more sexes exhibit different characteristics. I'm not necessarily going to go into the into the sexes, but like the idea that there are multiple, there are different like they there are they are different. They are marked differently. They they have different ac actions, roles, things they do. This species also lives in very small groups. If this is a legendary creature, I want to propose that there are to there is there is the herald and the harvester okay the herald well, the herald takes this moss from glacia plants it it spreads the harvester comes and like harvests it it is this is a natural activity that these two beings these two magical griffin like beings float like float across the world plant this thing it spreads another thing comes and harvests it and then these other birds come and sweep it into the air and like blast it back to the frigid waste where it settles into moss okay so there are two griffins one yes. is the one that naturally plants the seeds that make the moss right? yes and then the harvester is a griffin that nibbles on eats this moss and in turn, or collects it for both griffins to eat, to eat yes, on together. But basically takes it somewhere else. And as yes. it travels, it spreads the seed. But when it's in the other parts of the world, it becomes a flower, not a moss, that is eaten by these birds. And their waste product, basically these spores, are sent back to Glacia to make a cyclical pattern of producing the moss that the herald and the harvester will eventually gather again. Yes. So they're not directly opposed. They are they are naturally they require each other in it's order a, it's to a survive. It's a symbiotic relationship. We did it. We made animals. We, we did made it. legendary animals Ugh. that spread a disastrous yeah. invasive plant with but magical it's never, But it never gets bad. It never unless, gets bad. It, this is a this is a natural flow. Yeah. Unless you were an asshole and you wanted to fuck with that flow, all you'd have to do is knock one of these beings out of balance. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, boom, fuckery plants all over the place. That's what I mean. But like that, like, and this is a thing getting back to 
And a fun side effect of recording episodes frequently one after another is that we can easily reference things that we talked about last yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about this last episode when we were talking about monsters very specifically. We yeah. talked about the idea that like there are monsters that are like invasive. There are monsters that are are things from other places. But also, like, sometimes what, you know, things that are described as monsters in, like, role-playing games and fantasy stories and things are just animals that exist at a scale that, like, is incomprehensible, right? Correct. Like, this is a this is a magical creature, but it is also just, these are both magical creatures that are just things that exist in the nature of fantasy. Yep. I love that kind of shit. So, th- this, this has given me all the good vibes, personally of exactly what we want with uh fantasy monsters where sometimes like yeah sometimes it's a fucking purple worm and like a warrior must defeat it but because it's probably out of it's somewhere it shouldn't be and it's affecting the natural order of things meaning people in fantasy we are so used to thinking of humans us where we are fucking this place up and we do not have a natural uh we don't fit in the natural world in fantasy i feel like people Elves, dragons, dwarves, gnomes, what have you, actually have a place that they're not like destroying every day. They're not making, causing irreparable harm to their planet. And it's kind of a challenging thing for our human brain to grasp. So the idea of like a monster attack would be like, yo, this Tarrasque has a natural habitat. We can either bump it, meaning like move it back to its place, or unfortunately, it's going to fuck with our natural flow if it kills us all. So something has to be done. And unfortunately, like, you know, I don't think anybody takes... We described that in a long time ago in a dragon episode about the knights. Some of the knights of dragon took joy in monster hunts, but now it's seen as like fucking ridiculous, you know, and like it's, it's, it's mean and cruel. So I like the idea that people have a natural order. Monsters, creatures have a natural order to them. And we did create lore masters are the people who study monsters, learn their abilities, learn their powers. I feel like that job class essentially was inspired by the people, the 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 geese, the geese chasers. That feels good. I like that. I fuck with this. That is a wrap. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. Damn. Thank you so much, Merle, for this prompt. This one, tall geese. Look at the places we went. I, you were, we said before the episode, let's make a nice light one. <laughs> you know what? This is cool shit. We it's made cool. cool shit. And that's we, what matters. It does matter. And I love it. It's given me a lot of ideas. Jeff, I'm feeling good. Merle used our Discord and our prompt submission channel. It's a really good place. If you ever wanted to send us prompts, probably the best place to do it is uh, uh, on our Discord channel. It's fucking convenient. But we have a bunch of other ones that are available to you should you wish. And Jeff, what are they if they should wish? You can post them on Twitter as long as Twitter still exists. Uh, Tag us at AMFC underscore podcast and use the hashtag fantasy children. You can post them on Tumblr. Um, If you tag them with all my fantasy children, I will see them or you can follow or send an ask to all my fantasy children dot Tumblr dot com. You can post them to Facebook, probably at Facebook.com slash all my fantasy children. And I'll be real. Don't do that. Use the (laughs) other ones. The other ones are way fucking easier. I don't even know the login anymore. Uh, or you can go to our Discord at bit.ly slash AMFC Discord and post them in the prompt submission channel. Or you can oh. email them to us at allmyfantasychildren oh. uh, at gmail.com or swiftwindsays at gmail.com because I still have this email from the R. Yeah, and it's great. And uh, you should use those as well. Those are good. Those are good. Just not Facebook. Don't don't let Zuck <laughs> in on our fun. Um, uh, uh, Jeff has other shows. Jeff has other projects. And what are they? Uh, Party of One is an actual play podcast focused on two-player role-playing games. Every week, I sit down with a friend, we play a two-player game, we share some laughs, maybe a few tears, and we have a really good time. New episodes, uh, you can find them wherever you get your podcasts or at partyofonepodcast.com. All My Fantasy Children is proud to be a part of the Moonshot Podcast Network, the place for far-out people with far-out ideas. Wacky, wacky, let's go go to the moon. Um... There's a lot of cool shows on the Moonshot Network. Speaking of the, there are there are a ton of great shows on the Moonshot Network. Uh, my one of my literal actual favorite podcasts of all time is a Moonshot podcast, and that's the Podcast Minds, um, or as it's also known, uh, Cool Games Inc. But for podcasts, and neither of the guests, uh, neither of the hosts are a sex pest. Correct. Uh. <laughs> it's great. 
Andrew great. and Riley take listener prompts, much like we do, but they turn them into podcasts or occasional or often podcast adjacent projects like theme parks. Um, it is genuinely so fucking funny, and I yep. love it a lot. It's a hoot. It has that good creative sleepover energy that we have described several times, as do all of the shows on the Moonshot Podcast Network. So find them all at moonshotpods.com. Jeff, do you have a verbal hug this week? Uh, I do, but before we get there, I want to talk a little bit about Patreon. Oh, why do we have what? Why would you want to talk about Patreon? Because all my fantasy children is on Patreon. I mean, it is the best way to support us growing the show with new projects such as actual plays, video things, ARGs, etc. It helps us get helps us pay ourselves as well as potentially paying editors and guests. You can find all of that at patreon.com slash all my fantasy children. A special shout out to our first round of Patreon backers, Emily Icarus, Oculi, Grizzbiz, King and Commoner. Miranda Hughes, friend of the show, Fiditia Valetti, also my personal enemy, Fiditia Valetti. Correct. Uh, friend of the ARG, Kit Cabaret, Lieutenant, Rob Abrazado, Gaz, Felix B, Lilith Penrod, Dietrich Stocks, and Fragmentation. I personally would like to say that I cannot thank these people enough for supporting our little podcast that could. It's been a long time since we've had a Patreon, and... It does mean the world to get that support because it does honestly help incentivize the creation of this show and put it out in a weekly manner and things like that. It's 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 amazing. It means the world. Um, uh, can't thank you enough. And you know, there's gonna be sick bennies like being able to contribute to things like naming conventions and uh, where we talk about and cool stuff like that. So if you love the show and you want to be more of a part of it than you already are, the Patreon is a great way to do that. 100%. You can find it at patreon.com slash allmyfantasychildren. Boom. And now, verbal hug. verbal hug. Um, verbal hug. I'm, I mean, I said it already. I said it once. I'm going to say it again. Like, please make the art that you want to make. Like, mm-hmm. make the art. Like, there is, it is genuinely important to me that, 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 that we, that we together collectively make the art that we want to make. Like, it yeah. is. There is no shortage of people, of organizations, of projects that are art because it is what, with peak eye roll, the market wants. Mm -hmm. And that is a cynical way to approach the beautiful act of creating art that I I want, I, I, that I dislike. Yeah. I want you... If you are listening to this and you are someone that wants to make art, make anything of note, make the things that you want to make, because like that is ultimately the goal of what we are all. If art is connection, if what if what we are doing is building a connection through across a moment of time, across an act of creation, make that moment of connection as real and prominent and personal as possible, because that is the best that we have to make it do in this world truth true words were never spoken my my whole bag is going to be when you consume things on the internet and you are enjoying media whether it's indie or commercially gigantic um always remember that most things started out as indie projects unless they are very obviously not mm-hmm. you know um so be fucking respectful to people who make things that are now popular it's like the cool thing to do is to as soon as something becomes commercially successful and i mean that like i take that lightly i put it in air quotes cuz most things are not no matter what you think as successful as like fucking star wars don't be a hater just because they're doing great um, it's okay to congratulate, like I said on the Twitter once, it's okay to congratulate people for their success when you watched them rise to that. You know, they're not, it's not, we're not talking about George Lucas here. We're talking about people on the internet who are making the things that they've always dreamed of and uh, be nice to them because like we're talking about here, almost 100% of the time, those things are made with love and have just reached a certain level of popularity that we call commercially successful when in reality it's just they're just doing great and it's okay to congratulate them learn from them and and be in, i get inspired by people who make shit that is popular to be completely honest well it, in the same way that i and also enjoy things that are indie games and tiny things like tiny projects 
oftentimes are great sources of inspiration, but so are gigantic properties that started out as indie ones. I fucking hate everything made by like big companies and research groups, but large things, honestly, like I'm going to stop talking about this. I feel like I'm digging my own grave or something no, like that. I think, I think you're making good points. I think you're saying a reasonable thing, which is like, ultimately it's be kind. It is be yes. kind to the people that make things, even if those things have an audience, like ultimately be kind like remember that that things are made by people and be kind to the people that make those things anywho that's all i got love it love <laughs> it um that's, that's all we do on the show that's all we do on the show so until next time good night and good, good game, game. I find these creatures irritating, yet fascinating. These devils of the Pine Barrens, these great birds, these worms. Whatever regions they touch become safe, become beacons of light. Ugh. Places where shadow cannot touch. Now, what if one were to remove these creatures from the equation. What then? What then could we accomplish?